You're listening to the Tan Talk Radio Network. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road, near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. People are strange when you're a stranger Faces look ugly when you're alone Women seem wicked when you're unwanted Streets are uneven when you're down So Paul Ferrara, a friend of Jim's from UCLA, uh, from early, early on was just following them uh, and filming them. And that's, that's where this, this, this well of, of, of images and visuals came from. Someone stormed out at, at Sundance, a, a, a journalist, in the first few minutes, infuriated. It never struck me for a second when I saw that footage that people would have that reaction, that they would say, it's not him. I, I, I thought the exact opposite would happen. I thought people would say, wow, look at that amazing footage. Where did it come from? Let's try to find out. <laughs> These days, you have to be a politician or an assassin or something to really be a superstar. I hope people don't think that this is an actor playing Jim Morrison. It looks so good, it looks so new, that that's probably what they're going to think. But uh, they'll find out that it's really Jim and, and that footage was taken back in the 60s. If the doors of perception were cleansed, everything would appear to man as it is, infinite. You know, we tried a few other guys uh, before Johnny Depp and just it wasn't, didn't work. But this was like right on. I thought it was excellent. He did a brilliant job. I thought his voice uh, was uh, at, at once understated and, and yet dynamic at the same time. And he told the story beautifully. No, I, I heard later that he was a big Doors fan. I said, oh, that's why he did so good. Rock music fans all over the world are in mourning today. Jim Morrison, lead singer of the Doors, was found dead in his Paris apartment this morning. Morrison was 27 years old. Goodbye, Jim. Set the Wayback Machine. Yes, sir, Mr. Peabody. Hey, everybody, this is Andy Powell, guitarist, Wishbone Ash, and you are listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Running your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studio. If you missed any of our past shows, be sure and check out our podcast, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't forget to check out our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and like us on Nostalgic Radio and Cars and our Gulfstream Motorsports website as well. No, Facebook page, that's it. Hey, Bobby, how you doing tonight? Pretty good. You know, if I and, you if, know, I would like to take this time to welcome Nostalgic Radio and Cars to the world of Twitter, because 
We're out there tweeting like everybody else now. We're tweeting. At, okay, now, anytime I goof up, you know, you got to come in, just step right in and say, Dad, hey, listen, here's how we do this in, in our world, <laughs> in your world. Okay, so did I do it right? So we did the Facebook thing. We announced Twitter. Oh, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And we've got some new YouTube video coming because while we were at Festivals of Speed this past weekend, we did some periscoping, which is something that's kind of new that we're doing. And uh, we did that uh, for Nostalgia Creator Cars and Speed Culture and for Hollywood Wheels, okay? Now, having said that, fe- Festivals of Speed was this past weekend. Let's see, what did we do this weekend? We went to... Uh, oh. No beat button here. <laughs> Bill, if you're listening, this goes out to you, Bill. But anyway... Good morning, Henry. I got a, a long-term limit to 2013. <laughs> I was uh, down here in Largo, alternate 19. Uh, somebody rear-ended me, and... Uh, I wonder if you study if you study other people's rear ends that have been rear ended. End of message. <laughs> anyway, uh, Bill's listening. He's down in Sarasota right now. And that was a little thing that he did years and years and years ago. Bobby, is it time for the Speed Culture Minute? Why, yes, it is. It's time for the Speed Culture Minute. Speed Culture app. Don't forget to check out the new Speed Culture app available on Google and on. Well, wait, 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 wait. say it right, Bobby. The Speed Culture Minute is brought to you by Speed Culture App, which is now available on Google Play and the App Store. It is the Automotive Enthusiast mobile app. Yeah, you did that right. You should just, uh, like, you know, you should be Mr. Voice over there. Uh, uh, it's available on both. You can use it on an iPhone or an Android. We can switch any day now. <laughs> Actually, I should be in there and, and learning how to do this. And, you know, after five and a half years, you'd think I'd know how to push those buttons by now. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so here's what we got going on this coming weekend. Let's see, coming weekend. Well, we got Test and Tune. That's on Wednesday. It's tomorrow night. Quaker State cruising tomorrow or Thursday. We've got uh, Biff Burger. No, no, not Biff Burger. Yeah, Biff Burger's on Friday. And then uh, this weekend, what do we got going on? Oh, Porsches in the Park down in Sarasota for all you Porsche guys. Um, I say that big talks was doodly squat. We're doodly squat. See, now, if we were in California at Irwindale Speedway, they got the Moon Eyes Christmas Party. Of course, we're not going to be there for that. Let's see. If we were in Fort Lauderdale, Car Art and Caffeine, Fort Lauderdale. That's kind of cool. Let's see. They got a Cars and Coffee in Rochester, New York. Well, that's a little far away. But anyway, so if you visit speedcultureapp.com, the website, you can find out all this information because that's exactly what I have in front of me here in the studio. But, but, better yet, if you've got your cell phone handy, your smartphone, because it's smart, you can go to uh, your Speed Culture app, which is available on what? On Google Play and the App Store. Yeah. And actually, actually. if you want to make it a little, little uh, easier for you, you can go to speedcultureapp.com and right on the home page, you can select your phone's app store and download it. Whether you get an Android that or you quick. get an Apple. Yes. Yeah, it's that quick. Okay. So that takes care of the speed culture minute. Anyway, we actually have a brand new commercial. And let's see if it was it next weekend. Next weekend is the uh, DuPont Registry Cars and Coffee. Now, this past Saturday, what uh, Ice Ice Jeffy and I did is we went to uh, the Reeves Cars and Coffee in the morning. Then we drove to Sarasota because Gateway Automotive had a little Christmas party down there. So we checked out some of their inventory and uh, looked at some of the cars. We actually did some periscoping from down there. And, of course, you know me, they brought out the munchies, so I had to dive into the munchies and had turkey and cheese and carrots and broccoli and all that good stuff and a couple Coca-Colas. But today we had uh, ribs, chicken, and beef, didn't we? Oh, yeah, because today is Rib Shack Tuesday for our good friends down there at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo. Give them a call, 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090 for the best ribs in Pinellas County, right? Can't forget that. That's a live read, right? That's what they call a live read? That is a live read. That is a live read. Of course, we have a commercial for them as well. And then the best pizza. We know where that comes from, Uh, The best pizza in town. And Sunday, Sunday is Belladora's Pizza Day. So if you want them with the best pizza, give them a call. And their number is 727-581-5000. That's 727-581-5000. Be sure to mention Nostalgic Radio Cars, and you will get some extra olives and mushrooms on your uh, pizza. If you don't mention Nostalgic Radio Cars, they might, they might put anchovies on your pizza and that would not be very tasty anyway so the phone's ringing i'm gonna keep yakking uh let's see what we do after that oh yeah then we went down to this thing called sarasota classic cars and there was an auction going on there it was called the action auction and yeah you know i think it wasn't that bad of an auction but had they had a better sound system in there you know audio and stuff like that and had they better prepared in terms of marketing, like hired a professional marketing person like myself and my son, Bobby, right, Bobby? They would have done much, much, much better. And if they needed a real SEO guy, they would have hired Ice Ice Jeffy, and they would have had some 
Super whiz-bang turnout down there. But it wasn't bad. They had a few cool cars, and we actually periscoped from down there as well. Then, then we went to our good friends, Martin and Blake Godby down there at Vinnie's Motors, and they're right across from the Ringling Brothers, and we kind of hung around that place for a while and checked out some cool cars. They had a 911 down there, which we thought was kind of cool. Ice Ice Jeffy fell in love with this series. I think it's a Y84 code, which is a banded edition Trans Am, 79 Trans Am, factory four-speed T-top, black car, black and gold, you know, all the good stuff on it. And Jeffy wanted that car really, 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 really bad. And uh, so that was cool. Let's see what else they have in there. Oh, they had a beautiful 34 Packard uh, sedan convertible, I guess they called it. Let's see what else they have. They have Brian Johnson's uh, Lola T70 Mark One was down there. It's still down there. Had a number of really cool cars in there. TR6s. They had Triumphs. They had a nice Morgan. They had a couple Mini Coopers. Bunches of Jaguars. Beautiful E-Type Jaguar. Pantera. Check out their website. Vintage Motors of Sarasota. Super collection of cars. Of course, I can't uh, not but mention. But any rate, okay. Uh, I cannot uh, not not mention um, Festivals of Speed this weekend and our good friends Hollywood Wheels and my sweetheart Kelly, who I work with in the office every day, and Mike and Hook and all those guys. But uh, we had some pretty cool cars on Flynn Hill at Festivals of Speed. Of course, I was the official MC and kind of like unofficial chief judge. But uh, my good friend Ken Perry is the chief judge. But together we collaborated on picking the best, the best of the best car show cars and uh we had a great time great time perfect weather great selection of cars you know what was there was really cool is that brand new aston martin vulcan did you get a chance to see that bobby ah yes 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 that had to be uh moved in there with manpower well, actually, they drove oh, it they in. Did they did drive. Yeah, they first they said that we were going to push up, and then what they did is they brought it in there under its own power, but it was so low, it actually scraped the bottom. I mean, it dug kind of like a little trail as it went across the lawn there, and then uh, when it went up on the on the concrete there on the on the promenade, kind of dragged a little bit, and then they put the air jacks in there, psh, popped up just like an FY, uh, you know, FIA car, which is uh, a, a real live race car, and then they slid the roller skates on it, spun it around, and then dropped it, and then it was there for... For everybody to behold. It's a cool piece. Probably the coolest car that was there. But on Flint Hill, we had a very rare Mercedes SLS AMG race car. One of maybe, I think, uh, 60 built. Real deal. Very, very rare car. We had a Carrera GT there. We had a very rare and beautiful and original, unrestored, unmolested uh, 1965 Ferrari 275 GTB. Short nose. Beautiful car. The car had been in the family for one for a very long time, and the f- the father owned the car. His son was driving, and his son was there with him. So it's kind of cool because you had three generations of car guys um, being able to share and experience that uh, really cool car. Kind of like in our family, two generations, two and a half generations here. Well, actually, my dad wasn't really in the cars, but you know we still have some of the stuff that I had back then. At any rate, let's see what else we had. Well, Mike had his uh, RS America out there. We had a couple slant noses. We had uh, oh Rick, our buddy Rick brought his. Serial number number seven, Sublime Lime, I think that's the right color, Sublime Lime 2015 Hellcat Challenger. That was a cool piece. We had the Packard there, the, the um, what's that thing called? Oh, yeah, Resto Mod, yeah, with the Hemi in it. That was a cool piece. Originally it was a stick car, and then they converted it to an automatic. I think it was better as a stick, but anyway, it's cool. It was probably one of the wildest street rides you could possibly see. There was a Ford GT40 there. There was an SLR there. I mean, there was some pretty cool stuff. And there was another gentleman there who had a beautiful, almost, and he won Best of Show, rightfully so. Probably the coolest car, if you're into pre-war cars, okay, this is a pre-teen car. This is turn-of-the-century industrial age car. Amazing car. 1913 American. I like the name, American. And it was an Indy car. And it was really... The complete running gear, the chassis, and everything was all original and period correct. The only thing that they did is they built a little bit of a body for it, which is not much of a body. It's a cowl and the engine cover and uh, and, uh, and then the little shroud in the back that houses the uh, spare tires. But that car was probably the nicest, most beautifully detailed car I've ever seen. It is Pebble Beach quality, if not better. In fact, it is Peterson Museum quality. And matter of fact, we're going to have a guest on our show here in a little bit, and he is a real good friend of many of the people that are associated with some of the coolest cars in California, including Jay Leno and people like that. This guy's got some connections that go back to Steve McQueen, the King of Cool, Paul Newman, James Garner himself is probably one of the 
most prolific car collectors with one of the most uh, fascinating car collections in the country, in the world perhaps even. And he's also on the board of directors for the Peterson Museum. And they just had their reopening of the newly remodeled Peterson Museum. Bobby, why don't you go ahead and uh, flip us over to some music here. We got Cold Turkey by John Lennon and the Plastic Ono Band. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Do not touch that dial. Here's a little John Lennon. This is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kurt, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Frustrated looking for car shows? Want the latest in automotive news? How about videos and podcasts? Well, check out Speed Culture, the comprehensive automotive app now available on Google Play and the App Store. Speed Culture brings you motorsports event listings based on your current location. Speed Culture also brings you the latest news feeds, videos, podcasts, and more. Speed Culture, the automotive enthusiast mobile app. For more information, check out speedcultureapp.com and download it today. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make their bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo. Or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. 
Okay, we're back, and you're tuned into Nostalgic Reading Cars. We've got a couple minutes yet before we introduce our guests. But anyway, um, we were talking about Festivals of Speed, and like I said, if you get a chance, Google festivalsofspeed.com. Check it out. They got, uh, they have, we have four events a year. Uh, we do the uh, Vinoy Park in St. Petersburg. We do the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando. We do uh, the Omni Plantation in, uh, what is that thing? Oh, that's, that's uh, Amelia Island. Duh. And uh, let's see, we do Miami from time to time. And uh, we've done Mission Hills or Mission the Mission Inn at uh, Harry in the Hills. We've done a number of places over the years, but uh, the three that we do for certain is Amelia Island, the Ritz Carlton in Orlando, and the Vinoy Park. And then the other schedules kind of vary from time to time, depending on whether we can get the site or not. But anyway, they're definitely cool. Definitely a lot of fun. You can see a lot of really cool cars. Occasionally we have boats. We even get airplanes every once in a while, so it's pretty cool. So check out festivalsofspeed.com. That's exactly right. And don't forget the Speed Culture app. Yeah. Now, why did we play the clip at the very beginning of the show? Because, Bobby, I'll let you do that. Well, unfortunately, this was the uh, this is the anniversary of um, when John Lennon was killed um, in ni- December eighth, nineteen eighty. Okay, unfortunate um, time. Yep, and uh, I want to say. And this is a special year for the special year. I'll look at that up. But okay, look it up, and it's also today's the birthday of uh, Jim Morrison. Yes, on happier note. Uh, on happier note, Jim Morrison <laughs> was born today. Okay, and of course, we're huge, huge, huge Doors fans. If you've ever listened to the end of the show for the last five years, you would uh, yeah. <laughs> know that. Yeah, the beginning of the show, we start out with, um, what do we start out with? Oh, Inigata DeVita, because I'm a huge Inigata DeVita fan. And of course, Iron Butterfly was probably the coolest, most psychedelic song back in the late 60s, 68, 69. And then, of course, Break On Through. That was actually one of their first big hits, wasn't it, Bobby? Yeah, it was. It was on the very first album. And I think we have... Uh, Something to, you know, give away. Oh, yeah, we got a giveaway here. Oh, my gosh, giveaway. Hey, we got a giveaway. We got some posters and we got some calendars from our friends over at Gateway Automotive. Uh, be sure and call in right this minute. You can use the local number, which is 727 441 3000. That's 727 441 3000. But if you're just a little out of our area code, don't forget to dial 1 866 826 1340. That's 1 826 1340. And you know what? If you call and you happen to answer the phone or we answer the phone, you will win a poster. How about that? Now, having said that, Bobby, why don't you go ahead and get our guest on the phone, and I will uh, go ahead and start making preparations to do that. Now, the other thing I was going to tell you, too, is while we were at Festivals of Speed, let's see what else we have there. We had some pretty cool motorcycles there. We had a gentleman that brought two 1930s early flatheads, uh, Harleys. I think that's probably what they call the 45s. And then I think there was another numerical displacement but i can't remember that but he also had 136 flathead and a 36 knuck knucklehead okay aka knuck and the the 1936 was kind of like a crossover year 36 37 you know what they do that all the time in manufacturing they always bring a car kind of like somewhere in the middle you know or a motorcycle you know somewhere mid-year change so there's like an overlap so you might have even though it's the introduction of the knucklehead for example they were continuing to build flatheads because they want to use up all the uh extra inventory but anyway so he won an award because he had an outstanding motorcycle these things were exquisitely restored now what's interesting about festivals of speed started out with a lot of late model cars you know a lot of ferraris lamborghinis and things like that mclarens porsches mercedes and then some classic and antique cars and once i got on board about six seven years ago we started getting more and more classic cars and stuff like that but it's slowly evolving into a pretty amazing show where we're getting some pretty high-end cars i mean we're getting some concourse quality cars there which is pretty cool so you know right now price of admission i think is like twenty dollars and uh, depending on where we're located and uh so for twenty dollars that's the best bang for the buck this is some pretty amazing cars and, and again a lot of times you only see these cars at uh high-end concourse or you might see them at uh you know you might, if you walk into a ferrari or a Porsche or uh, Aston Martin or Lamborghini dealerships, the only time you're going to get a chance to see these cars. Now, I think it's time to uh, bring our guests on. So Bobby's going to roll a clip or two and play a song, and we'll be right back. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Don't touch that dial. We will be right back.
think over here by the wire? Well, like I told Max here, I was trying to get my gun. What were you doing by the wire? Well, like I told Max, I was trying to cut my way through your wire because I want to get out. You speak German? Jawohl, Herr Oberst. Wirecutters. Jawohl, Herr Oberst. I have had the pleasure of knowing quite a number of British officers in this war. And I flatter myself that we understand one another. <laughs> you are the first American officer I've met. Hills, isn't it? Captain Hills, actually. 17 escaped attempts. 18, sir. Tunnelman, engineer. Flyer. I suppose what's called in the American army a hotshot pilot. Uh -huh. Unfortunately, you were shot down anyway. So we are both grounded for the duration of the war. Well, you speak for yourself, Colonel. You have other plans. I haven't seen Berlin yet, from the ground or from the air, and I plan on doing both before the war is over. Are all American officers so ill-mannered? About 99%. Then perhaps while you are with us, you will have a chance to learn some. Ten days isolation else. Captain Hilt. Twenty days. Right. Oh, uh, you'll still be here when I get out. Cooler. Sir? Hey, Hilt! Okay, we're back. Uh, we played a little uh, Jim Morrison there, and uh, tribute to Jim. The and birthday boy. The birthday boy, and of course we're big Steve McQueen fans, and so is our next special guest. Now, our next special guest is probably one of the most prolific car collectors in the country, probably the world. He has an amazing collection of cars. But he is also the board of directors, or on the board of directors, for the newly remodeled and reopened Peterson Museum. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, Bruce Meyer. Bruce, are you there? I am here. So how are you doing this evening? Just great. Actually, I just came back from the Peterson Automotive Museum, where its fabulous new facade is drawing great reviews. Take us back in time a little bit. Tell us about the uh, Peterson Museum. Tell us about its inception, and tell us about uh, you know the newly remodeled uh, Peterson Museum and what it has to offer people, that, and particularly people that have never been there. Sure. Well, it's the Peterson Museum, and it's named after Robert E. Peterson, and he was the founder, creator editor, publisher of Hot Rod Magazine. He, he started Hot Rod back in the late 40s. And from there, he built a publishing empire, a lot of different titles, from teen magazines to hunting and fishing and automobiles and motor trend. He started them all and made... It was very successful, let me just say that. <clears throat> and in the, in the early 90s, there was an empty department store right in the heart of Los Angeles, and he thought that it would be a great automobile museum. So he came to the Natural History Museum, which had automobiles in storage, and thought it would be a great place to start an automobile museum. Well, I was on the board of the Natural History Museum, so I was the designated go-to guy to work with Pete, we called him. And we built the, we built the museum in, like, started in 92, we opened in 94. And it went okay, but it wasn't. It just wasn't the kind of passionate ownership that it needed to have. And then in about 2000, um, Bob Peterson bought the museum itself. We spun it off of the Natural History Museum. I was the chairman for the first 10 years. And, you know, we, we rode that until two years ago when we decided it needed a complete makeover. And we've spent about $125 million making it into truly one of the most amazing automotive museums on planet Earth. And we have everything from motor scooters to motorcycles to race cars and hot rods and 
fabulous French cars, and it's just an amazing place. It's it, We've only been open two days, so your timing is perfect, but it's spectacular, and it's right in the heart of Los Angeles. Now, tell us about some of the... Uh the unique features of the museum and some of the more particular and outstanding uh, uh, displays that you have there. Sure. So the exterior is truly outstanding. It was designed by KPF, Cohn, Pedersen, and Fox, who have built magnificent buildings worldwide, but they had no presence in Los Angeles. So we told them, and in fact it was our vice chairman, David Sidoric, who said, Design something in chrome and red, and that is what the entire building, this is a over four-story building, all done in stainless steel ribbons around a bright red box. I mean, it's hard to describe, but if you Google it, Peterson Automotive Museum, it is spectacular. And so that, that greets you from the exterior, but inside, arguably, we have the most incredible car collection in the world. Um, our insurance agent, Grundy, did a tabulation and told us that we have $500 million worth of cars inside the museum right now on display. That's a pretty significant number. We have about 100 and some cars. I would say 130 cars on display. And it's just its spectacular. We have the Bugatti Atlantique, which is one of the most beautiful cars in the world, and rare cars. Uh, Ralph Lauren has one, and we have one. And when I say we, it's um, two two private owners that put it on display at the Peterson. We have, you know, Ferrari Testarossa. We have the 1959 Stingray, the one that was designed by, uh, in fact, I'm not, it was designed by General Motors, driven by Dick Thompson, and... Uh, Arcus Duntov put it together. A real rare car. That's on loan from the General Motors Heritage Museum. We've got the 300, well, I call it a 300 SL, but it's a W196 Mercedes Grand Prix car streamliner from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Museum. We've got the 20 Grand Duesenberg, which is arguably arguably the most important Duesenberg and most valuable in the world. We, we have just an unbelievable the Keller collection from up north gave us the Umbercross Bentley and the uh, Audubon Courier Mercedes. Uh, we've got the 917 Porsches, the 936 Porsches. It's just it's just an amazing place. Pixar did it at a cost of about $5 million, did our Discovery Center for children. So if you like cars and you like the way Pixar does things, you will love our Discovery Center where you where we give out iPads for the kids and they can, you know, tour the museum and Mater talks to them. And it's it's just an amazing thing. Lightning McQueen is there. We have the full-scale model of Lightning McQueen. So we've got something for the kids and the adults and the enthusiasts and people that don't know anything about cars will be entertained. So what's really cool about it then, so you really don't have to be a car enthusiast. You just have to kind of be kind of a history buff and kind of like transportation a little bit, and it'll just kind of encompass everything then. Correct. <laughs> Excuse me one second. Um, sure. It, it, it truly appeals to everybody the way it is now. Now, how many stories is the building? It's like, what, four, four stories, something like that? Sure. It's four stories. The top is a big pavilion. We call it the William E. Connor Pavilion. Chip Connor, who's a world-renowned car collector, he, he, he underwrote the entire fourth floor, the penthouse floor. And we have a beautiful pavilion there for entertaining, so you can bring your corporate events or your birthday parties or weddings and whatever. It's, a, it's a, in an entertainment center. That's on the fourth floor. And then the third floor is history, and then the second floor is is industry, and the first floor is is art. And Armin Hammer, who was a very famous art collector, he we have an Armin Hammer gallery on our first floor, and we have the BMW art cars there. So if you, I mean, you just really <clears throat> have to if you love beauty, you'll 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 be entertained. If you love cars, you'll just your jaw will drop. I mean, it's fantastic. Now, if people want to find out more about it, how do they go about doing that? You might, well, you go to www.peterson.org, or Peterson Automotive Museum. I should know that, my God. <laughs> but um, 
It's the it's the Peterson Automotive Museum, and and there's plenty online. Or in you know, I'm I'm. We had our gala on Saturday night. We had 800 people there. Um, it was there wasn't an empty seat in the place. We had great entertainment, and the who's who of the automobile industry was there. So we've just been open two days. This is literally our second day, and uh, it's it's just spectacular, just spectacular. Sounds wonderful. I can't wait to visit myself. Now, Bruce, you're an avid, prolific car collector yourself. Tell us a little bit how you got into the hobby because you are world renowned. So, and <laughs> and and I know you're kind of a modest guy. We 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 bump into each other all the time, you know, at, at concourse and events and stuff. So, but give us a little bit, you know, uh, just a kind of a a subtle taste of some of the really cool cars that you have and some of the personalities that you have crossed paths with of some amazing people over the years. Well, I'm I'm just in the right place at the right time, I guess you'd say. I mean, I'm in my mid-70s, so I grew up, you know, in the 50s, the golden era, golden age of hot rodding and customs, <clears throat> you know, weaned on Hot Rod magazine. So, I, I've, I've been doing it a long time, and I and I just picked the perfect window of, of time to do it in, I, I think. Um, I grew up in a family that did not like cars, and we didn't have any money to have anything worth driving around anyways. I think I hitchhiked more than I got rides. But um, it, it was just, it's in your DNA or it's not in your DNA. That's what I think with regards to the automobile. Um, and I've always been a car buff. And... When I was younger, I had layers of jobs, and I saved up, and my parents refused to let me have a car, so I bought a motorcycle and hid it in a friend of mine's garage. So I was riding motorcycles when I was, you know, just out of high school. And then when I went to college, I started to race motorcycles. So it was all about motorcycles because my parents couldn't, didn't, they couldn't figure that one out or even see them. And they weren't even, they, they figured I was just being a really good student. Um, and I, I just have, as I say, I've always loved cars. Um, my first old car was in 1964. I bought a Gullwing Mercedes, and I paid $4,000 for that. And I've always liked sports cars, I guess. That's been kind of, if there was a focus, it would be hot rods and sports cars and, and classic cars. Um, so my first old car was in 1970. I bought a 32 Buick that was used on a television show called The Untouchables, and I had that, and then I bought an old 32 Cadillac and so forth, and, you know, I ended up now, I've got a a Duesenberg, a one-off Duesenberg that was designed for Colonel McCormick, and he was the owner of the Chicago Tribune, so I've always liked cars that have a story to tell, whether it was owned by a famous person or won a famous race or did something extraordinary, and I think that's pretty much the way, you know, the, the theme goes through my garage. I <clears throat> I don't consider myself a collector as such because every single thing we have we race or drive, and I consider myself more of an enthusiast because if I if I were a collector I'd have a Silver Ghost Rolls and an early MG and you know cars that you know that are important to a complete collection. But I've just pretty much. Over the years, collected what I've enjoyed having and what I've enjoyed driving, and I'm fortunate enough to have a wife that likes to ride around with me, and we've done rallies all over the world. I don't know if that's enough or not. <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's good. Now, I, I want to go back. Let's start with some of the uh, celebrity-owned cars. You and uh, Steve McQueen had a uh, relationship there because you had one of his Porsches at one point, right? Yes. So, in 1968, I bought... And a beautiful black speedster, paid fifteen hundred dollars for it. And as I was kind of, you know, kind of winding up the transaction, the owner said, "You know, this car belonged to Steve McQueen." And I, said, well, that's cool because Steve and I, when I say raced motorcycles together, I mean he was cool and I wasn't cool, and he had the fast bikes and I had the okay bikes, and he was a great rider and I was just an okay rider. So <clears throat> I was in the back of the pack, but I knew who he was, and you know we see each other at different events and so word got to him that i had his old speedster so he called me and said bruce you know there's no way you could have my old speedster i sold that years ago to the stockbroker and you know it's just long gone i said fine he said but i want to see what you have so i said fine so we met up and i showed him the car and oh my god i mean he just had to have it. he said this is my car and, he, and there were a few little 
you know, unique features to this car, and he figured those out right away. He said, Bruce, you've got to sell me this car. Well, I love the car. My wife said, don't you sell that? You love that car. Anyways, to make a long story short, he called me for months, you know, once a week. Bruce, you don't know what this car means to me, and I'd love to have it back. And if I ever sell it, I promise you I'll call you first and so forth and so on. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the right thing here. And I sold him the car, and that was back in the early 70s. And then he, unfortunately, a few years later, passed away. And um, his son, Chad, has the car now. And Chad is a great guy and a perfect owner for the car. So I'm happy he has it, and it's his father's car. And <clears throat> from what I gather from his father, it was his favorite car. So that was the car that, you know, kind of left my garage, but it found a good place, and that was Steve McQueen's car. Super. Um, and then I bought Clark Gable's uh, old Mercedes 300 SC from his widow, and it was his favorite car. When he died, his wife wrapped the car up in blankets and had it at their home. And so that was in 1961, I think, is when he died. I bought the car in 1981 from his wife because she was saving it. She was pregnant with John Clark Gable and was saving it for John Clark Gable. And when he grew up, when he was about 20, he had no interest in the car, so she sold that to me. And I think that's my wife's favorite car. I mean, we've had it at Pebble Beach. We drive it around. It's just a very, very elegant, beautiful brown Mercedes. Wow, incredible. Tell us about the Doan Roadster. Sure. Well, I the, the most important hot rod, in, in my opinion, is the Doan Spencer Roadster. And that that was started in the 30s and completed, really, in the 40s. And it won every show. And for good reason. It was beautifully turned out. It had a Duval kind of split windshield on it. It was a head of, uh, you know, just it sat low, big Lincoln brakes. I mean, Doan worked at a Ford agency, and every new, every new thing that came out from Ford Motor Company, Doan would put on this car, and he had it for quite some time. And and then he he sold it to a fellow named Lynn Wineland, and Lynn Wineland. And when I say sold it, they they did some transaction because Doan still had ownership of the car. And then it went off to um, to uh, Colorado to an owner there for probably 35, 40 years, something like that. Everybody wanted to buy the car because it's just such a handsome, unique-looking car. And Doan was a friend of mine. He worked on my Cobras early on. And he thought I was the guy that should have it. So he told the guy, the other three fellows, you know, this is the person I want to have have the car. So I bought it. I think I bought it in about 1992 or 93. And we restored it. And we, and we took it to Pebble Beach in 1997, the first year they had hot rods at Pebble Beach. And something I was a dream come true for me because I'm, I consider myself kind of a hot rodder. I love hot rods. And we you know, driven across the country in hot rods, and we still do hot rod tours. So we got Pebble Beach to accept hot rods, and, and this particular car was the winner of the first Pebble Beach, and we won the Dean Bachelor Award and also uh, Pebble Beach with the car. So it's a beautiful black roadster, and Steve Coonan from the Rodgers Journal did a beautiful job on, uh, you know, doing, doing up an article on it. So <clears throat> it's a it's a wonderful thing. Interesting. Now, back in the 60s, you also had uh, a kind of a relationship with uh, Dean Moon, too. Didn't you end up with one of his cars? I, no, I, I never, I mean, I, I, I knew Dean Moon, and I, I've also got a Bonneville Roadster. I'm in the 200-mile-an-hour club at Bonneville, and I've always been a big fan of Dean Moon's. But what I have, and you may be referring to this, is Carol Shelby had the idea for a Cobra. And he went to Dean Moon's shop. And Dean Moon, of course, being a hot rodder. And by the way, I think hot rodding is the genesis of so many cool cars and advancements in technology. So Carol Shelby went to Dean Moon's shop, and they built the very first Cobra there, which the family still owns. Well, I, I And that was CSX 2000. Cobras are all known by their CSX numbers. So uh, the family still owns CSX 2000, but I have CSX 2001, which is the very first production car. And some people equate it and, and relate it to Dean Moon's shop, but this particular car was done by Ed Hugus, so it never really went into Dean Moon's shop, but I was a big fan of Dean Moon, the Moon discs and the Moon tanks and all that. What are some of the other unique cars that you have? Well, um, 
Well, I, I particularly like race cars, so we have the very first Corvette to ever run at Le Mans. And Le Mans is a 24-hour race, and it is the most important motorsport race in the world. Over 300,000 attendees. It's 24 hours nonstop. It used to be considered a distance race, but now it's a sprint race. And so we have the very first Corvette that ever ran at Le Mans, and, two, and that would be in 1960. And then we have the Corvette that won Le Mans in 2009, and that would be a C6R. So, um, you know, I love the Corvettes, and, you know, and, and cars that ran Le Mans are particularly of interest to me. Now, the car that you're referring to, that's, uh, wasn't that one of Briggs Cunningham's cars? Yes. One of the three? Correct. And, and there's a big thing going on with number one. I have number two, and, and Chip Miller has number three. But uh, Briggs Cunningham was an American sportsman, very talented driver, a real patriot, and so wanted to win Le Mans with an American car. And he tried for years in the 50s to win Le Mans and just couldn't get it done. He won class wins, but not overall. And then uh, Chevrolet had stopped racing, but they convinced him to mount a race effort out of his garage and he entered three Corvettes at Le Mans in 1960, and they were numbered one, two, and three. And they did very well. They won their class, and, you know, it showed very well for Cor Corvette. The car that you're referring to, number one, was actually the car that was found here in St. Petersburg, and quite frankly, I've known about that car for a long, long time because Judge Carr used to own that car, and when we used to see it in his garage in the shop back in the 70s, it just looked like some old custom car because... Uh, McNally used to be here, and he's from California. He worked on uh, a number of cars, and I think one of them that you're probably familiar with, talking about early hot rods, is the Diablo. I think that's what it was. Sure. And uh, but, so, you know, tell me about that Corvette. I mean, you know, that's gone through quite a, a lawsuit and a lot of controversy around that number one car. Are you are you up to speed on that? A little bit, and I'll tell you what. Off the air, I'll tell you about that. What I know about that <laughs> car, if you want, because that's a long story. But uh, I, yeah, I've read as much as I can. It's just it's just interesting, you know, because that was the missing link. Yeah, um, and and you know what? I tried to buy that car a long time ago, and I because it was just an, it looked like another just little old dark colored lousy painted old used up uh high ride it didn't even look like a race car i mean it had some signs but you know that's another story I'll, we'll go we'll go into it. let's talk about you you i want to no, talk, about I some, talk about you <laughs> me? so you've got some other really historically significant cars and i'd like to talk about that well let's talk about here you you talked about you're a member of the 200 mile an hour club at Bonneville. Now, you're a Bonneville guy. Now, in fact, I was just talking to Greg Long a little earlier today, and I'm sure you know him. He's one of your friends. And um, we were talking about that a little bit, and some other people, some names crossed over. And uh, But but I want to talk a little bit about your 200-mile-an-hour thing and, and your salt flat um, experience, because that's significant, because you have some other salt flat cars. I do. Well, you know, growing up as a hot rodder, you know, you, you just read about Muroc and you know, El Mirage and the different dry lakes and Bonneville. I mean, Bonneville's like Indy. And and so um, it was always a life dream of mine to go over 200 miles an hour in a car, just go over 200, which I had never done. And a friend of mine, Jack Rogers from, uh, uh, from Illinois, from, excuse me, Indiana, Evansville, Indiana, um, he ran a Camaro there, number, uh, let's see, it's... Uh, 857, I think it is. And, uh, oh, God, I shouldn't forget that number. All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank. Um, 757. Anyways, so he offered to let me drive his car, and I went 224 miles an hour in that car. And that was like a dream come true. And I say there's, a, there's an affliction called salt fever. And once you've driven Bonneville, you just don't forget it real soon. It is just a religious experience, first of all, going flat out for five miles, and then you got three miles to slow down. So it's an eight-mile-long track. And it is just an experience that, you know, I think every car aficionado needs to go to Bonneville, go to Speed Week, and just experience it. I mean, it's just, it's fabulous. It's it's about as old old school as it gets in the world of automobiles. So, anyways, I went there about five years ago, maybe a little longer now, and um, I went twice with Jack, and then I went on my own as well. We built 
uh, Mike Cook had built a car for, um, oh, I'm just forgetting the fellow's name now, I feel bad about that. He built a car for, for, a, for a gentleman, and he and his son ran the car, um, Mike and Gary Bowers. And so they'd done very well with the car, and then, they, then the father died, and the son wanted to sell the car. So I bought that about four years ago. And Mike Cook completely rebuilt it. And basically at Bonneville, they just recycle stuff. So anyways, we redid the car. And to make a long story short, I went 204 miles an hour in that car. And that was going over 200 in an open car is just like a whole other level of excitement. So I did that. But I think what you're referring to is the SoCal speed shop, the belly tank. The Alex Exidius car? Yeah, uh, Alex, yeah, the SoCal car, Alex Exidius. And, and, um who is a personal friend of mine for many years. And and I knew the car existed. Um, it was owned by a fellow named Don Ferguson down in, in Long Beach, and nobody could seem to pry it loose from Don, and, and I was able to do that. So that's a whole other long story. But we did that. We restored it. Uh, Pete Chaporis, who now owns the SoCal Speed Shop, restored it for me. And he'd really never met Alex, and through that process... Uh, bringing Alex in to help us restore it, they became friends, and they decided to resurrect the SoCal Speed Shop. So when you see the SoCal Speed Shop memorabilia, T-shirts, jackets, etc., it all really sprang from the restoration of this belly tank. And and the belly tank is just such an icon because after World War II, you know the 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 boys came back home and they had all this saved up combat pay. All this new technology from the war, because the warriors just bring all kinds of new technology. And and Alex had this old P-38 fuel tank, and he figured, you know, it's aerodynamic. Let's put an engine in it and go for it, which they did do. And they won several land speed records with that car. And then it was just kind of put in the ways. I mean, it's been it was put in storage for probably, you know, 40 years. And and I was able to buy it out of storage, and and pretty much, it was really all there, yeah, all there. The original interior gauges everything. And you restored it. We yeah, we restored it, and you know, really Pete Chaporis restored it. But you know, uh, so that we did that, and then we did the Brothers Coupe, which was another Bonneville car. Bruce, we're just about out of time. We're up against the clock, but let me ask you a question real quick. Will you be willing to come on again and finish the stories? Sure. Listen, it's a pleasure and just to spread the gospel of hot rodding in the car world. Super. Hey, I want to thank my special guest, Bruce Meyer, for coming on the radio show tonight. Be sure and check out the Peterson Museum. In the meantime, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Nostalgic Waiting Cars. Again, special guest, the Bruce Meyer. Check out our show every Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m., Nostalgic Waiting Cars. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports. Meantime, everybody, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. Telling tales out of school, but there's a fella in there who'll pay you ten dollars if you sing into his can. Downtown day. I'm not here to make a record, you dumb cracker. It broadcast me out on the radio. WTAN, Clearwater, Tampa Bay. WDTF, Dade City, Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen. You dumb cracker.